welcome back to Word Up with Danny Katz. I am your host, Danny Katz. I am an author, journalist, and a quantum languaging coach and consultant. What that means is that I teach people how language programs consciousness, how language programs reality at large, and how to transform reality and evolve our consciousness with language. I've also been known to cultivate and share an opinion or two or 12 about culture and consciousness and how they are evolving, devolving, and being manipulated by the powers that were. Here at Word Up, we are devoted to fostering critical thinking while supporting you in becoming your most authentic, empowered, liberated, realized, amazing version of yourself. Our every show aims to expand your consciousness, raise your frequency, sharpen your critical thinking skills, and make you giggle. (laughs) And think. Given the radical uptick in censorship over the past few years, combined with the complete co-opting slash decimation of my own personal industry, journalism, I started Word Up to have a free speech-friendly platform in which to engage exploratory, solutions-based conversations with visionaries, mystics, original thinkers, and rebel badasses who are helping to make the world more wonderful. The first half of my interviews run between 30 to 90 minutes and are always posted here for free public listening. The second halves are reserved for paid supporters on my Patreon and my Locals platforms, where for as little as $5 a month, you can access all of my second half conversations along with oodles of other bonus content and opportunities to drop in with me, to drop in with our High Vibe tribe, and lots of other awesome things. In addition to interviews, Word Up also features quantum languaging upgrades, planetary service announcements, and propaganda analysis, which I call Spot the Propaganda. Thank you so much for tuning in and for sharing your sacred attention with me and our high vibe tribe of change makers. Be sure to click that subscribe button so you can stay abreast of our every episode. Thank you for also clicking the like button, for sharing far and wide, and for leaving some kind words as a review as you are authentically inspired. As well, if you are gleaning any value whatsoever from these shows, consider supporting me on Locals and or Patreon. And as you are wanting to learn more about my quantum languaging coaching and consulting services or nab copies of my books, find me on dannycats.com as well as on quantumlanguaging.com. Okay, I think that's it for our housekeeping. Buckle up and prepare to enjoy this episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. Hey, how are you? How you doing? Great. How are you? Mesmerized by you and your background. Thank you. (laughs) A lot of controversy around my background. Um, Some people hate it. And I'm like, great. I'm happy to trigger you. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Hate is frustrated love. Oh. Hate is indifference is the opposite of love. Hate 
is massive love in a log jam. How do you see that applying to like our current polarization? Love. We all love each other. And there's a log jam stuck in the throat of understanding because the throat stands under the brain, right? And formulates words into which what the brain comes up with, the head brain comes up with, and the heart brain comes up with, and the gut brain comes up with, all feeding together. The metabolization in the thyroid and parathyroid in the throat are what take all of that information and turn it into nutrition or waste. Mm -hmm. And that process is broken. So people, in order to protect themselves, if anything looks different, they determine that it's waste. And so I waste you because you don't look like me or you don't act like me or you don't believe like me. So I'm going to waste you. I'm going to throw you out. And that is just a, a malfunction of the throat chakra and the metabolic process of the thyroid and parathyroid. That's all it is. You know, what's happening in the world is is not philosophical. It's not psychological. It's really anatomical. Mm -hmm. It's that there is so much toxin in our food and in our air and in our water. And the people that aren't being very conscious of what they eat and, and, and where, and the toxicity, not only of that, but the talk, the psychic toxicity, right? The, the, the Wetiko, um, which I'm sure you've studied some, the, you know, the, the brain virus and, you know, it's, it's prevalent. It's, it's remarkably prevalent. And, um, what can we say? It is, um, it is covering the world. I mean, it's covering the world to the degree that it, wherever there's not a, a massively autocratic and dictatorial presence, um, it is prevalent. Where there is a dictatorial, uh, maniacal presence, um, such as in Russia and China and other places, then it is not present. So. I look at the certain the current state of affairs in certain countries like U.S., Canada, Mexico, et cetera, where there's you know a, a degree of of um, democracy. Not there's never been real democracy, but there's a degree of it. You know, I, I look at these really heavily disputed circumstances as a demonstration of the health in the disease. In other words, the health and the disease is the disease is exposed. Mm -hmm. The disease and the disease is that the disease is not exposed. The symptoms are being controlled by the dictatorial. If you say anything against it, if you do anything counter, you end up dead or in prison. That's like a lot of antibiotics, which wipe out the symptoms, but do nothing for the cause. And so what we're seeing in our, uh, this country of the world and in Western European democracies and in 
some of the democracies around, you know, Latin America and Africa, etc. Australia, New Zealand, you know, let me not leave anything out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, what we're seeing is the, the healthy nature of disease, disease that's being exposed. It's interesting. I didn't know we were going to go here. And that is, you know, I love talking to you and I, I have my list of questions, but it's reminding me of an interview I recently did with Cynthia McKinney. And Cynthia McKinney was pretty much booted out of U.S. politics, even though she was an elected leader. And she lives in Bangladesh now. And she was talking about how she's learning from her students there that they've gone through different iterations of dictatorship, you know, democracy, whatnot. And that um, she's realizing that a lot of people in Bangladesh miss being under dictatorship because they had a better quality of life. And I know that you come out of a very, you know, you're part of a hierarchical structure. I know, you know, um, you know, Yogi Bhajan at the time, you know, put you and your wife together. And there was this kind of singular leader who, with an expansive perspective um, who was looking out for the greater good. Do you think that this is something that democracy, real or fictional, is going to get us out of? Or have we hit a point where we actually need um, someone with a lot more wisdom to steer us onto saner waters? No, the reason that I say no to your last point, someone, is that there is no escaping the absolute truth in power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Right. And that is what happened with my organization. It wasn't my organization, but the organization that I was a part of. And because there was a there was an individual with absolute power and that absolute power corrupted an individual that i knew before the corruption had begun i knew that individual when they were just one amongst us more in more knowledge but not more authority mm. And when, and I saw the, the line of demarcation when suddenly there become, they became an unquestionability mm-hmm. in which you could not question any of the statements. And once that happened, I began to pull back and build my own world which is why my classes were so different from everyone else's classes at Yoga West. Mm -hmm. They were also the largest classes. Mm -hmm. My classes in trainings, in teacher trainings, were the largest in the world. And they didn't resemble anything like the standard standard. Because the standard was being dictated by a brand orientation that was trying to protect the hierarchy. Right. My interest was only in spreading the teachings that were teachings rather than tauntings that were able to, there's some words for you, you word expert, you, (laughs) rather than spreading the tauntings, which were just going to maintain a structure. And so I'm an anarchist 
in that I break down structures very much like a healing mechanism that needs to break down the structure of the disease in order for the healing to begin. Mm-hmm. Um, anything that is symptomatic, that that covers the symptoms and allows you to feel good, but you're not good, this is um, what those dictatorial powers that are giving you what you need so that you don't question the dictatorial structure. Right. It's like the Roman Colosseum. You know, they had feasts and they had plenty of wine, you know, to get people intoxicated and a lot of food. And then they had the sporting events of slaughtering, you know, Christians and, and, and all of that and the gladiator battles to the death, you know, which was all just the way of entertaining people and giving them what they need and supplying them with everything so that behind the scenes, the dictator could just be amassing more and more and more of the resources. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, in the, at a certain level of the population, that will be very satisfying, very gratifying, because as you've seen my, my um, graphic art, there's this cycle of life, cycle of evolution through our lifetimes. Mm-hmm. I think at this moment I should just go and grab. It'll take me 15 seconds. No problem. You can edit out this walk away, walk back in. <laughs> We'll put it on pause. He's back. I got markers on the floor, so I know exactly where to put everything. Awesome. So professional. That looks great. So this is the this is the spiral of humanity of human of human evolution in consciousness. And the black and white area shows the pre-human births. Mm-hmm. Looks a lot like your background. <laughs> Indeed. And then the majority of humanity on any living planet any planetary system, the vast majority of humanity is in this very early stages of human development. And it's known in the, you know, ancient texts as the embryo version of humanity. Mm -hmm. And in this version of humanity, we're learning how to, we're learning how to be bipedal hominids. We're learning how to, you know, exist in an upright form. Mm -hmm. Um, we're learning how to, because the upright form gives us greater third dimensional uh, view, optics. So we're learning how to navigate more of the three dimensional space. Mm-hmm. And we're also learning how to navigate time, mm-hmm. which is, you know, the heartbeat of existence. Mm-hmm. And so for the first tens of thousands, tens and tens and tens of thousands of our existences, we dwell in this arena. And this arena is 66.7% 
of the world's population. So, of course, the majority of humanity is going to believe in a certain um, I'll take care of you kind of authority mm -hmm. because it's infant. Yeah. N not less important, not less special, nothing. As a matter of fact, the South Asian population 5,000 years ago destroyed these teachings by creating the caste system out of them, which just made them horrific. Mm -hmm. But this is what it is. Then the next level are the fetals. And the fetals are the ones that are maximizing their self-interest. Because a fetus in the womb has to maximize its self-interest in order to survive birth. Without being a strong physical body that has extracted the maximum amount of nutrition from the mother, that child is not going to survive the birthing process. Mm -hmm. Then it goes into the birthing process. So the fetals are the maniacs in the world. Mm -hmm. The authoritarians in the world. Mm -hmm. And they know and they're discovering even more and more so that they have a voting majority here. Yeah. And so they're playing to this voting majority that will believe anything. Right. It will believe the Xanon, the QAnon, the YAnon, the Aminon, the Eminemanon, the on and on and on and on and on and on. <laughs> They'll believe anything that they are fed. Mm-hmm. Just like children to believe their parents. Right. Then you come into this area here, which are the natals. Mm -hmm. They're the ones being born, and they're the ones under the greatest amount of psycho-emotional pressure. And they will be your schizophrenics, the, your autistics, your, uh, your drug addicts, your alcoholics, your everything. That's this area here. Because this area here is looking for a way out of the intensity of the pressure. Mm -hmm. So that's 10%. This is one, this is 20%. This is 66.7%. This is 10% of the world's population on a living planet at any given time. And then you have the 3%, which are the Dianals. The Dianals are the ones who are coming out there, the spaced out, why, you know, they're coming out of the intensity of the birthing process. They're the sobriety, the, you know, I don't trust that I, I have to keep doing. And it's a perfect position to be in because that adherence to the sobriety attitude, day at a time, is the most remarkable and effective form of self-discipline. Mm -hmm. Because in order to be highly conscious, you have to be highly disciplined. And so s people that are on a sobriety path are incredible human beings. They're just, they're just remarkable. And then you have the Bavishials, which are 0.3%. So 0.3% of today's world's population, which is about 8 billion, yeah. 
is 24 million. The Dianals are around 240 million. The Natals are around 800 million. So 240 million, 800 million, and 24 million. So you add that together and you get, you get a billion, 64 million. Those are the people on the planet that are capable of uplifting the planet. And our end of the planet, everyone that's listening to your podcast, everyone that you relate to, they're all in these categories. Our job is to not create defensiveness in any of these, but create an example of the opportunities of higher awareness. Because if you do it right, you can get people to move from down here into here pretty instantaneously. And so, the best solutions going forward is that, and that's why I'm on your podcast, and that's why you have a podcast, and that's why you do what you do. And that is to open up the greatest number of human beings to the potentials that exist beyond the satisfaction of comfort. Mm -hmm. I have so many questions. So I'm like advising my brain to narrow it down. What do you have strategies or techniques when you're dealing with the embryos or the fetals, when you're dealing with false authority face to face, attempting to infringe upon your God-given liberties? What's your move? Aki Dao, the Aki of the Dao, which is now in martial arts pronounced as Aikido. Mm -hmm. No offensive moves. Use the energy of the opponent and move them off of being able to stop you. Mm. It's all about angles. Mm -hmm. It's all about angles. And angles angles are all about stance. Mm -hmm. If you look at the human anatomy, you have the two legs coming up, and then you have the crossbar of the pelvic bowl, mm -hmm. identical to a temple gate. Mm -hmm. That's why you'll see on my social media um, reels, you'll see it in all of my, my website, etc you'll always see the symbol of that temple gate because it represents the stance. And it's on top of that stance that all of our mechanisms, our anatomical mechanisms that affect our emotional mechanisms, that affect our mental state, it's all situated on top of this pelvic bowl, which is known as the Kundalini Plexus of Ganesha. 
because it looks like an elephant head with the ears. Yeah. And here's the trunk. Yeah. And these hands that look like they're feeding in, these are the kundalinis. These are the kundalini nerves feeding in to the spinal cord. Mm -hmm. This is the bowl of our stance. Mm -hmm. And it's how you use that bowl of your stance that gives you the angle at which you perceive the opposition, the enemy, the ones trying to take you out of your game. Mm -hmm. You think of the ancient martial martial artists, <laughs> martial artists, and it was the Dantian, which is the central point of the Kundalini. Mm -hmm. These fingers going in start at the Dantian. That nerve plexus starts at the Dantian and then feeds in through the pelvic bowl into the pelvis. Mm -hmm. Those ancient martial artists could be my age and much older and much smaller than even, much smaller than me. And a huge, massive person couldn't move them mm -hmm. because they were solid in their core and their core was fixated at the earth. Mm -hmm. And all they had to do to, over, to, to outmaneuver the opponent was all angular. Mm -hmm. Take Bruce Lee, for example. Mm -hmm. All angular. This, in the psycho, emotional, mental, you know, acrobatics, of dealing with today's world is all in that. And if we operate properly, the angles will give us the ability to tack against the winds of the opposition so that the opposing winds actually move us forward in the direction of the opposition to then move around. To, you know, it's, it's so important not to take it, you know, head on and not to get Upset by it, upset is a, is a real term, right? You get right. upset, right? Well, if you're sailing and you get upset, you're not sailing anymore. You're, you're, you're struggling for your life. Right. And so that's exactly what it is. I had somebody the other day that, you know, that had been being served for so long and the relationship was so beautiful and one little attitude just flipped and suddenly the circumstance was nearly warfare. Mm -hmm. But you have to have two battling in a war. You can't have just one looking for the battle. Right. And so if you withdraw from the battle, then... It's perfect. Yeah. Doesn't go anywhere. It falls down. And the battle lives beyond the encounter. Because mm -hmm. the battle happens at the subtle levels beyond the encounter. In the encounter, someone can say, I'm out of here. Or I'm moving forward. I'm moving on. You know? And they just leave the battle. 
they just leave the battle, they vanish from the circumstance, from the encounter. But believe me, they haven't left the battle. Right. The battle is still raging inside of them, boiling their, their guts. And so the job for you to do is immediately cool the battle inside. Mm. And once you cool the battle inside, you can talk about the battle and you can talk about the, the attack and you can talk about all of this in a very benevolent way. Not only can you talk about the, the attack in a very benevolent way, but you understand where the attacker was coming from. You understand the background of the attacker and that the attacker couldn't see it any other way because their background had given them a point of view. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're dealing with here. We are dealing with points of view. We are not dealing with realities at all in the world at large. Right. But it seems like those points of view are then morphing into realities and some realities that aren't necessarily honoring the greatest good. Like as a teacher, do you feel a responsibility when you see students or people you love harming themselves or making choices that you know with your perspective are running counter to their best interests and at the same time honoring their free will, their path, yeah. need to learn their lessons their own way. Absolutely. And I was just talking to my wife about this earlier today because as a teacher, as an advisor, as a counselor, I've been seeing people for decades. But there comes a point in some people's lives when they're wanting but not allowing for advice to enter. And when someone comes to that place and you still give them some advice, they'll attack the advice. Right. And what you have to understand at that point is what the I Ching so beautifully says, retreat is not defeat. And so what you do at that time is that you step back mm -hmm. and you allow even someone you really care about to suffer. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't allow them to suffer to the degree that they are currently suffering and you try to get them to see something that they're unwilling to see, then they will become more fixated and entrenched in the cause of their suffering, and you've actually done a disservice. I always use this, which is a beautiful little toy that children can get, and it's the Chinese finger trap, Yep. right? The Chinese finger trap, you put your fingers in, and the harder you pull, the harder it holds your fingers. Yep. And so what you have to do is you have to push your fingers in to get your fingers out. Mm -hmm. And so you have to reverse direction. 
when you get to that place where no one's going to listen, <laughs> no one's going to receive any of the tested wisdom. And I mean tested wisdom. I can remember when I was very young and the family, you know, the family advisor was Paramahansa Yogananda. And, you know, the tested wisdom of, you know, because my great aunt was a student of Sri Yukteswar, who was his teacher, mm -hmm. right? And so this lineage of wisdom went back and back and back. And many of the offers of wisdom were totally counter to my my perspective of what should be done. Mm -hmm. And I learned in a very young age that if I defied the wisdom to try my own way, which I thought was intuition, but it was just really ramped up emotion, mm -hmm. that I'd get it fixed. It would work. I learned so many times that it was actually taking much longer to work than if I went against my emotional charge, mm. followed the attitude of wisdom keepers, because that which I didn't see, I wasn't able to include in my emotional reaction that I was claiming was intuition. Mm. Mm -hmm. Such a fine difference. It's interesting because I was I'm teaching my homeschool course, um, pop propaganda to teens, and big part of it is teaching them to discern their own yes and no, like to to start to really cultivate their own inner authority, so that they are resourced to determine um, whether groupthink is going to serve them or not. Um, and it seems like such a subtle differentiation between the emotional reaction and the intuition and also that that's going to be unique to every individual to figure out for themselves is this my emotional reaction is this a higher knowingness inside of me was that something that that you had to discern for yourself yep. as well yep and that's why i do step back and allow people to go through the more elongated, perhaps, process of ultimately discovering. Because ultimately, you will discover. Right. But, yeah, to answer your, your initial question, it's difficult to see people that you care for refusing to comprehend that what they're working with isn't intuition, but it's an emotional charge masking itself, which is where with Tico, you know, you said group think, I now call it crowd think, <laughs> bigger than group. Yeah. Um, it's where with Tico can really find fertile ground is in that emotional charge posing as intuition. God, it's like the Trojan horse, you know? It's, oh, okay. like, it's like the false um, idol that is being willingly brought into the home 
to explode, you know, inside. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned um, absolute power corrupts absolutely. And in your experience of having someone in a position of power and you were witnessing this corruption, like A, I can just imagine that that must have been challenging and destabilizing. But how does that tie in with the notion of victimization? Victim culture is such a thing these days. And, you know, especially in the past few years, we've heard so many people claim to be victims of yoga teacher X or authority figure Y. And in my mind, I felt like, well, it always takes two to tango. And, you know, what in me is a match for this? What was our soul contract? Like, where did I give my power away? So how do you see absolute power corrupting absolutely um, differentiated from people being unwitting victims to like evil perpetrators? Thanks so much for tuning in to this latest episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. I am reminding slash thanking you to and for <laughs> clicking that subscribe button for liking, for sharing, for commenting, and for leaving some kind words as a review as you are authentically inspired. As you are receiving any value from my podcast, as you dig it, as you listen regularly, consider supporting me on Patreon and or Locals, where for as little as $5 a month, you get access to all of my second half podcast interviews, as well as oodles of bonus content. Your support really goes a long way in supporting me as a journalist and an independent content creator navigate her way through a really crunchy time in terms of free speech. And as you are wanting to learn more about my work in the world, my books, my products, my quantum languaging, coaching, and consulting, you can find me at dannycats.com as well as quantumlanguaging.com. And if you're not down with a membership patronage platform and want to send me one-time donation, you can use the Bitcoin link if it actually appears on your podcast listening platform. You could also send me a one-time donation by way of PayPal at dannycats at pm.me or by way of Venmo where my username is Sadie Bloom. Again, your support means the world and makes a massive, massive difference when it comes to continuing to share this work with the world. Thank you for sharing your sacred attention with me. Thank you for remembering that you are omniscopic amazingness and for having a rockin' day. See you next time, superstars.